Welcome to The Bright-Eyed, a podcast dedicated toward empowering our generation. Each week, I interview teen changemakers who have a purpose, a passion, and are doing something about it. We are more than capable of changing our world for the better. Let's see who's rising to the occasion. I'm your host, Daisy No, and this is The Bright-Eyed. So hello and welcome to The Bright-Eyed. So today I'll be talking with a 15-year-old climate activist from the San Francisco Bay Area. She's passionate about raising awareness for climate change and empowering youth to act for their future. As the founder of Broadway Speaks Up, she has engaged Broadway actors in the global climate movement. Her work has been recognized in many publications, including Teen Vogue, Forbes, and the San Francisco Chronicle. It's my pleasure to introduce Sarah Goody. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So excited to chat with you. So kind of starting from the very beginning, um, what was that first thing that made you um, passionate about the environment? I had always been really passionate about conservation and taking care of our environment from a young age, just because I lived in an area where nature was such a big part of my life and the people around me. I grew up hiking on mountains and going to the ocean and those things really ingrained this passion and um, this feeling of responsibility to take care of the land and the place that I came from. But the initial moment where I decided that I needed to focus on climate change and that that was my passion and the route I was gonna take was when I was in sixth grade. I was in my science class and our teacher decided to do a unit on climate change and the effects that it would have on our future. Now, this was the first time I had even heard the term climate change and hearing these words, how our ocean was dying, how animals were dying, how we only had 10 years left before there was insane changes to our world and that our population was heading towards death and destruction was beyond scary for me and was the founding factor that made me decide that this was something I really cared about and that I needed to take action. So climate change is kind of this really big like global crisis. It's a literal emergency right now and it can affect so many like aspects of our life and our environment. So what to you, what's the most like concerning thing about the current climate crisis? Well, we have only until 2030 before the effects of the climate crisis become irreversible. So that's less than 10 years to literally change every aspect of how our civilization approaches sustainability and caring for the planet. At this point in time, our society is completely occupied with the coronavirus pandemic and the racial justice issues that are being talked about in our country both of which are incredibly important and necessary to do right now. However, we aren't seeing this big conversation around climate as we are with the coronavirus and race. And many of the changes we need to implement in order to greatly reduce carbon emissions before 2030 must start immediately, like this second, the sooner the better. And in order for those changes to happen in time, we must see a global conversation around climate action and millions of people uniting to fight for solutions. What concerns me is that we have so little time to raise this awareness and to start implementing changes. 
I feel like it's really hard to get people involved in a cause when they feel like distant from it. I don't think people realize how much climate change will affect their personal lives. So could you kind of talk about why everyone should care and advocate about climate change? Whether you're white, black, female, male, gay, straight, rich, or poor, however you identify, you will be influenced by the climate crisis. Yes, there are certain populations and groups that will be affected more than others, many disproportionately. But the reality is that you will, in one way or another, all young people, in fact, will be impacted by this climate emergency. Already, we're seeing millions of people experiencing climate change from wildfires in California and Australia, extreme air pollution, droughts, hurricanes, and rising sea levels. Unless we take action now, these disasters will continue occurring at faster rates and with increased dangerous risks. By 2050, there will be more plastic in the ocean than fish. And by then, I will be 46 years old. Maybe I'll have children. And if I do, will they even be able to go near the ocean? Will they get to swim in the water, circle, look for fish or shells on the shore? Most likely the answer is no. Our ocean will be too polluted for many children to experience it. And that's not even the worst of it. Let's say I'm still living in California at the time. If so, I will be constantly on the run from wildfires. In fact, California may even become inhabitable if all anyone does is run from wildfires that keep growing and never seem to end. This will be the reality for so many of us, and we will be on the constant run from climate-related dangers. So even if you don't care about the ocean or the future of California, you probably care about your life and the lives of your family. And if you care about your life and the lives of your family, then you must care about climate change. I think especially as young people, we're like kind of inheriting this world. And so the things we do right now are really going to influence the world that we inherit later. And I feel like as teens, we're always like, oh, the adults will handle it or like someone else will do it. So what would you say to someone who's kind of like wants to make a change, but isn't really thinking that's not something I can do? We all have a voice. We all have power. I am a testament to the fact that Uh, you do have the power to change the world, even if that sounds super cheesy, that you as one person can do so much, especially as a young person, you have so much influence on adults and our government because we're not adults. We're not just, we're kids and we have a say and we can get each other really hyped up and excited to do something. So you as one person have so much Uh, strength and power, even if it might not feel like it, and it might not look like it once you start taking action, I can guarantee you that everything you do right now plays a role in how our future will develop and what the state of the planet will look like. Yeah, so right after you kind of learned about climate change and its effects, what was that like first step you took um, towards advocacy or towards making a difference? First, I started educating myself more about climate change and about different climate-related issues, about plastic pollution, about the animal agriculture industry. And I think this goes with 
every social justice issue or every passion is education is probably the most powerful tool you have and everyone has access to it. Just watching, you know, searching up on YouTube, how does climate change affect um, minority populations? How does climate change affect animals? can tell you a lot more about the problems you're facing. And the more that you know, the more you're going to be able to pick the best path to take action and make the most impact on that cause. Mm -hmm. Was your, um, could you tell us about your kind of like first activism kind of like protest or like the first thing you did as an activist? The first thing I did as an activist was actually joining an organization called Greening Forward. And another step that I really recommend to anyone who's looking into climate change activism or just youth activism in general, it's really good to get involved with an organization because from there you can meet people who have similar passions to you. You can learn how to do things that you probably would be harder to figure out on your own, how to fundraise, how to do outreach, how to do media relations. Those are all things that you can learn more about and have kind of a firsthand experience with by joining an organization. So that was, I think, the first step in becoming an activist was getting involved with an outside uh, group. Yeah. So you leave schools on Friday or leave school, not multiple schools, leave your school (laughs) on Friday to protest outside the San Francisco Ferry Building. So what inspired you to do that? While I was at a conference for Greening Forward, I was sent out to New York to help lead this conference we do every year. And we get together public school students from New York and they learn about different environmental issues from all types of nonprofits around the New York City area. While I was there, I learned about a girl named Alexandria Villasenor. And she was the first person that I met who was a striker who was part of the Fridays for Future movement. I went outside and I joined her on her 18th week striking outside the United Nations. And I was so inspired by the message she was able to convey and the people she was impacting. And from there, I decided to take that idea and that motivation and striking to the Bay Area. Yeah. So what do you do while protesting? So when you go out and you sit in front of the ferry building, what's the kind of things that you're doing? It definitely depends on how many people are there. Uh, if it's just me, I usually bring a chair and I'll sit outside with a sign and just wait for people to approach me, go talk to people who come up, kind of just sit there as someone not to feel super intimidating, but also to get my message across to a lot of people. However, if I have others with me, then I'll usually lead chants, do some sidewalk art with chalk, And bring tons of snacks because we need those to keep going. Mm -hmm. Essential, essential, for sure. (laughs) So um, do you normally get positive responses from the people around you? For me, yes. I live in a progressive area where most people do agree with my message. I have had interactions with people who are angry that I'm out striking. Uh, Interesting. Interestingly, I get the most positive reactions from tourists from Europe. They're often confused that more people aren't joining me, actually. 
because in Europe there are thousands of young people who join together to strike on Fridays and compared to here where sometimes I'm alone or sometimes with one other person, it, it's a really different dynamic to see. When, when you first started protesting outside the building for the Friday movement, there wasn't a whole lot of, well, there was like no one out there with you. Um, at first, were you kind of like intimidated? Were you nervous? What was that kind of like first reaction? That first reaction was really nervous, but also excited. I was really excited that I felt like I was doing something and I felt like, I was starting something incredible and that this was the start of a new kind of movement in the Bay Area. At the same time, it was really nerve-wracking. I'd never been to a protest before. I didn't know if police were going to come. I didn't know if I was going to get kicked out by the city hall. I definitely had their uh, security come up to me. That was definitely nerve-wracking, but it was also really exciting to feel like this was the start of something new. Yeah, so kind of like reflecting on those like very beginning stages of starting this and looking at to where it is kind of now, how has your experience changed? It's changed a lot in the way that I've been able to see the impact of my actions, which has helped me continue going and get stronger as I continue striking because I've seen what the actions of youth strikes can do. I've led strikes with over 40,000 people and I've seen people who maybe I've started to become much more familiar with the community. I get to see familiar faces every week and remember how I impacted different people. And being able to see that has really helped me refine my message, but also be confident in myself and be assured that I'm doing something that's really beneficial to the community. Yeah, so you started this awesome organization um, called Climate Now. So could you kind of tell us a little bit about that? After I came home from New York and I started striking, I was just very surprised that I was kind of the only one from my community of Marin County, which is across the bridge from San Francisco, getting involved in climate action. When I first, before I joined Greening Forward, I had looked around a lot for different organizations in Marin that I could join, uh, different, you know, youth groups or youth leaders, and I really couldn't find any. So while I was at school, I'd, you know, ask around and I'd say, hey, what do you think about climate change? Do you want to do something about it? And a lot of kids said, yeah, of course I want to do something about it, but I don't know how. I I don't know even how you're doing something about it. That's great, but I I don't have that motivation to go join an international organization and I don't have the confidence to get involved in something that big. And I saw this gap in the connection between youth in my community and the global climate movement. And from there, I saw this opportunity to uh, bridge that gap and to found an organization that was dedicated to empowering young people in my community, being that first step so that they could learn more about these issues and so that they could understand that they do have power, that their voice is meaningful, and that they can do something with their voice. 
giving them the skills to be able to go on to join international organizations and to lead climate strikes outside of our community. So what has been your favorite kind of like event or like the most impactful event that you guys have done? There's been a few, but I think the most impactful event was uh, our kind of launch event, which was participating in a local 4th of July parade last year, about pretty much about a year ago. And we gathered a group of about 25 young people and led them through the parade. We were chanting different, uh, different, you know, chants. We were uh, making signs together. We were dancing around the streets and it was so cool to see other young people being really excited about striking and being uh, empowered by just marching around a parade and yelling things. <laughs> yelling things. <laughs> it wasn't meaningless, but it was empowering. And it was um, exciting. And being able to see the crowd's reaction, we actually won a prize for our march, <laughs> our flow. And being able to see how the community first responded to our message was really cool. So what do you think is, because like a lot of um, climate change that takes place like with individual changes in lifestyle and things that we're doing. Um, so what's something um, that we can do as individuals to kind of help prevent this global crisis? Speaking up is the most impactful thing that you can do. And the easiest thing you can do using your voice, like I've been talking about earlier, and um, believing in yourself that you can do something. So maybe it means going to a climate protest or just telling your friend why you care about climate change. Use your voice because it's powerful. And the way that we spread this message and create awareness is through individuals talking with each other and sharing their thoughts and their feelings. All right, so stay tuned after the break for more questions and answers with Sarah, and we'll see you afterwards. So we're back. Um, So Sarah, how has COVID-19 kind of affected our climate and environment? Well, coronavirus has, you know, given us a look into what climate solutions could do. And as people have begun, you know, adjusting to quarantine life, it's become really hard to ignore the benefits of this emergency on nature. Several countries are experiencing falls in carbon dioxide measures, some as much as 40%. And air qualities around the world have really improved and carbon emissions have fallen because of people not excessively driving and eating meat and people cutting back on using lots of things that create carbon. So air qualities around the world, of course, have improved. And we've started to see how our nature has benefited from these, you know, this break in our normal lives. And although it has been great, it probably won't last very long because once people continue returning to their normal lives and back to everyday activities, nature will also reset to its pre-coronavirus state. So this pandemic has really given us a glimpse into a world where our society works together to defeat climate change. So this tells us that 
our actions are meaningful and that we, if we act quickly and we act effectively, that we can make a lot of change. So kind of shifting gears a little bit. Um, so in addition to Climate Now, you're also the founder of Broadway Speaks Up. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? So Broadway Speaks Up is a platform for Broadway performers to share their thoughts and their opinions on the global climate crisis and the actions that they take to reduce their carbon emissions. So we've had performers from shows including Lion King, Wicked, uh, Jagged Little Pill, Phantom of the Opera, so, so many more share their thoughts and their advice to other people about what they can do to take climate action and to reduce their carbon emissions. We need a climate environmentalist musical. So <laughs> Definitely. we need to contact some people to get on that. <laughs> exactly. Yes, if anyone in the audience is, right. uh, you know, making <laughs> a songwriter, songwriter, mm -hmm. uh, hit us up. Definitely. Yes, for sure. We'd love to come in and help you write and cast and we got it. We got it. <laughs> So how are you hoping to influence or impact change through Broadway Speaks Up? I'm hoping that young theater kids will be able to see their role models up there on their, you know, phone, on the Instagram uh, account, and they'll be able to see the correlation between their thoughts and these people who they, you know, are their role models there the people they've always looked up to and be able to see that, oh, this really matters to them. It probably should matter to me too. And that through this platform, we're able to inspire more young people to get involved in the climate movement and to start changing their habits and taking individual actions to reduce their own carbon emissions. So how can listen? I'm sure like theater people everywhere are like, oh my God, where do I find this? So how can listeners get involved? So our Instagram page is at Broadway Speaks Up, and you can DM us to learn how to volunteer with us. You can participate in our challenges that we post weekly and just, you know, share with your friends, share our videos and uh, get more awareness out there and help other theater kids learn more about this important cause. Um, I was reading the op-ed you wrote for Teen Vogue about how climate activism has kind of improved your mental health. So when I was in elementary school in about fourth grade, I started experiencing chronic nausea and chronic um, migraines, which I didn't know they were migraines at the time. I spent about a year in, you know, hospitals, in the doctor's office, four days a week didn't really go to school and this, you know, very, very frustrated that I wasn't able to figure out what was wrong with me, you know, thinking, oh my God, I, I must be dying. What is wrong? And I started to, in that period of time, really disconnect from the people around me, disconnect from school, disconnect from my friends, my family members. And this kind of led me into this period of grief and of frustration, which later turned into depression. And, um, you know, once I finally figured out what these migraines were, I went back to school and didn't have any friends. I didn't know, remember how to be a kid. I had this newfound maturity from uh, undergoing this experience so young and, uh, you know, dealing with chronic illness. And at the time, I, it, you know, it, it got really bad. It got to the point where I was having suicidal ideation. I no longer wanted to be in this world. And 
luckily at that time I started to learn about the climate crisis. I started to learn about activism and that kind of gave me this new purpose in life. It showed me that you actually can do something with your life. Your life isn't meaningless and that this can get better. And if it does, that you're going to have, you can have an impact on this world and benefit so many people. And really it changed my mindset about the whole situation and helped me understand that I actually had a purpose in my life and that people needed me, that this earth needed me. So for any high schoolers out there who are kind of feeling like, well, I don't really have anything to contribute or like, what can I do? What would you kind of like tell them on like how to find their purpose? Don't give up because it took me a long time to figure out what I was passionate about. So keep exploring, read, listen to podcasts like this, uh, tune into the news, find something that makes you angry, but also motivated, something that you can't stand still just watching it happen, that you know you have to do something about it. So we're going to transition into a short Q&A segment from questions submitted by listeners. So Jackie from Orange, California wants to ask you, who inspires your activism? Oh, so, so many people. There's so many incredible activists, young, older, um, from so many different generations and backgrounds. But some people who played a big role in my activism have been Kelsey Juliana and Leah Thomas, um, both who are climate activists, you know, just happen to be. So Kate from San Diego, California, wants to know, why do you think climate change isn't like a priority? For people that haven't experienced um, the firsthand effects of the climate crisis, I can understand how it might be hard to comprehend and hard to, you know, see how it's going to actually affect lives because you haven't been affected by it. But as someone who lives in Northern California, who's been through wildfire season, I have that firsthand um, experience. I know what it is like to be impacted by this crisis. And I, I can see how it, it can get worse. And I can see how each year, my, you know, my community is going to have to, you know, adjust to this why, these wildfires in California. So I think what stops people from taking action and from putting this as a priority for themselves is because they don't have that experience. And if you don't have that experience, I'd recommend really connecting with others who do and learning about different activists who live in places like California, who live in minority communities and have been affected by air pollution, who have been impacted by hurricanes and by sea level rise. So make sure to understand those stories because one day it might be yours. So thank you so much for talking with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I, I personally have learned so much from hearing you speak. But before we go, I do have one more question. So if the whole world was listening to you right now, what would you say? You have the power to change the world. Whether or not you believe me, whether or not you believe that you can do it, you can. And build that confidence. Build that understanding that you do have power and don't let yourself give that up. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something about something you're passionate about because young people are so incredible and we 
I know that when a person is passionate and a person wants to make something, wants something to get done, that they'll be able to do it. So no matter what, don't give up on yourself. Uh, trust yourself and trust your power. Be sure to check out all of Sarah's amazing projects. You can follow at Broadway Speaks Up to see Broadway actors engaging in the global climate movement and at climate underscore now to see how young people can take climate action. And if you like this episode, be sure to leave a review and share your thoughts on Instagram using the hashtag TheBrightEyedPod. Talk to you soon.